This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate your watching today. We have so many people who contact us every week letting us know that they're watching uh, our telecast, and we hope that that, that if you are watching today for the very first time, that you will become one of those regular viewers of Getting to Know Your Bible. Today we're going to talk about a subject that I hope you'll stay with me. We're, we're going to be studying out of the book of Proverbs today, and, and, and the book of Proverbs contains so many practical things about living. And today our subject is things you need to know about sin. We're going to be looking at the fifth chapter of Proverbs today, as we discuss that subject, and I hope that you'll stay with me as we discuss it. I think you're going to find some of these things very helpful, as a matter of fact. Now, on Know Your Bible, we, we offer a free Bible correspondence course, and, and we, we're making it available again today. We have literally thousands of people all over the world in, in, uh, that are studying this, in the, and uh, we have many people in, the, in, in foreign countries who've requested this Bible course we want you to have it. And it's amazing to me that the, that the, the way that people are so eager now to, to, to get more acquainted with the Bible, to study the Bible in this way, it actually is encouraging to me as a preacher. Sometimes as, as a preacher, you, you get to the point thinking, well, you know, I'm just not sure people are as interested in the Bible as they once were. And I have found out as, as, a, as a speaker on this program that there are literally thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are interested in the Word of God. I, I'm, I would imagine this even into the millions of people. There's still a lot of good people in this world who believe in God and, and, and respect Him and, and respect His Word. And I appreciate you so very much. I appreciate your watching today because I know that's your attitude. And, and I want you to have this Bible course. And in order that you might know more about it, that might know how to receive it, We'd like to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free... 1-877-711-5214. There are two verses that I'd like to read out of the fifth chapter of Proverbs. Actually, it's the last two verses of the chapter. And then we're going to go from those two verses and start back at the beginning and work back down to them. His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. He shall die without instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. Sin's been in the world since the very beginning of time. Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, and they transgressed the law of God, and sin and death entered into the world. And the word sin simply means that you've missed the mark. There are a lot of ways to miss the mark. 
One of those ways is to, to do what God tells you you ought not to do. That's called sins of commission. 1 John 3, 4. Uh, another way to miss the mark is, is failing to do something that God told you to do. That's a sin of omission. James 4 and verse 17. Actually, uh, 1 John tells us that all unrighteousness is sin. And, and so sin is in the world. And we need to have an understanding of what sin will do to an individual. In other words, there are just some things that you and I need to know about it. And if we know these things, then it's going to help us to avoid a lot of the mistakes and a lot of the, the, uh, the, the pitfalls. Now, I'll, let me make an explanation, first of all, about chapter 5. And chapter 5 is dealing with, with a particular sin and the sin of adultery. But now, it, there's a much broader application to chapter 5 than that. It's true that that's the main application, but there are other applications, and, and we want to look at it in a broader sense of the word. Now, one of the very first things that we, we learn about sin, that is, it is always bittersweet. It may seem good at the beginning. It may seem pleasant. It may seem harmless. It may seem innocent. But then there's going to be a bitter end when we follow it. Let, look in verses 3 and 4. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. You know, sin's always directed to a weakness. And whatever your weakness is before you become a Christian is going to be a point that you're going to have to watch. It's going to be a weak spot for you after you become a Christian. And, and sin is always going to paint a picture that's very pleasant. Sin can be pleasant in its uh, presentation. Notice he said here, he's talking about this woman, the, the lips of a strange woman, and, and her lips drop like honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. That's a pretty pleasant picture, isn't it? But you look at the end result, and the end result is not very pleasant. And, and so sin paints a, a picture. You look at all of the... Ad, advertisements for such things as, as beer, such a, and, and they always put it in a very pleasant way, that, that it's, uh, you're not really living unless you're involving yourself in the drinking of their product. They, they never show you the end result, though, of it. They never show you the broken homes. They never show you the accidents on the highway. They, 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 they never show you the the lives that are ruined. They never show you the children that, that are not clothed properly. They're not fed properly because they have one or more parents in their family that are, that, that are involving themselves with their product. You, you see, sin always paints a pretty picture. And, and sin always says what you need to do is you just do like you want to do. You do as you please. Or it, it's not going to hurt you if you do it just one time. Or sin even says everybody's doing it. It's your life. You live like you want to. You need to know that sin is always bittersweet. It may, it may seem pleasant up front. It may seem nice in the very beginning. But at the end, it's going to bite you like a serpent. Now here's something else you, that we learn about sin. And this is in verses 8 and 9. 
And the best way to handle sin is by avoiding it. Remove the, thy way far from her. Come not nigh the doors of her house, lest thou give thine honor unto others and thy years unto the cruel. So he's advising here in this uh, uh, chapter to, to a young man that he needs to avoid a strange woman. Just don't get close to her. Well, that's true of any, any sin, isn't it? That the best way to handle it is to avoid it. Back in the first chapter of Proverbs, in verse 10, he said, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Just, just, don't, just don't follow after what they tell you. And Romans 12 and 9 says, Abhor that which is evil, cleave unto that which is good. So what we learn here about sin is the best way to handle sin is by avoiding it. You just avoid sin. I think that's an example in the Bible about that, and that's Joseph when he was sold into slavery in Egypt, and he found himself in the house of Potiphar, and he was made the head over everything in Potiphar's house, and except one thing as Potiphar's wife. And day after day, Mrs. Potiphar would come to young Joseph, and he was a very good-looking young man, and, and she would make advances to him and say, why don't you come and lie with me? Like this strange woman we're reading about here in Proverbs chapter 5. And, and finally, Joseph had enough of it. And he said, I can't do that and sin against God. That's found in Genesis 39, verse 9. He didn't say, I can't do that and sin against you or your husband or myself or my family. All of that would have been true as well. But he had faith in God and he believed in God. And he said, I can't do that and sin against God. And he fled from the presence of that woman. And, and in so doing, he left one of his garments, a part of his garment behind. And, and she took that to her husband and she said, look what this young man has done. He, he, he's made some, some advances upon me. And she lied about Joseph and it caused him to be put into prison. But Joseph did the right thing. He made up his mind to flee, but he didn't make up his mind when she made those advances. Oh, no. You see, that was a decision that Joseph had already made years before. That if he ever got caught in a situation like that, he wouldn't do it because he did not want to sin against God. So I agree that the best way to, to handle sin is, is you, just, you just avoid it. Well, here's something else we learn about it, and this is in verse 11 beginning, and that is that sin always has a price tag attached to it. It always exacts its price. Look in verse 11. And thou shalt mourn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed. In other words, you, you may involve yourself in sin, but sin is going to cost you and there has never been an individual that's been exempt from that. You know, the Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. And sin always finds you out. It, it will find you out in the execution of human laws. Uh, there were some men on an interstate highway uh, near where I live just recently. Eight of them on motorcycles. And when the police stopped them, those men were doing 140 miles an hour. But they had to shut down the entire interstate for a time because they had every one of those men sitting on the pavement and they were arrested and they should have been. Anytime you break one of the human laws, 
you're going to pay a price for it. Sin finds you out in the execution of human laws. Sin will find you out in your conscience. Or maybe you go to bed at night, there are some things bothering you. I, you know, I did something today I shouldn't have done, and that's called your conscience bothering you. Sin will find you out in your conscience. So sin, sin can find you out in your body. Here, here's an individual who lives a loose life, and, and, and then they, they get some uh, sexually transmitted disease because of their loose living. And they pass that on to their companion, to their spouse, and, and then maybe children are born, and, it, and it's passed on to the children, and, and on and on it goes. Your sin can find you out in your body. Sin can find you out with your influence. You, you see, people may see you, and they think, oh, that's a fine, fine Christian man. That's a fine Christian woman. That young boy, that young girl, they're such fine examples of Christians. And then one day they see you doing something that a Christian ought not to be doing. You, you've lost. You, your sin found you out in your influence. It just went down. And sin is going to find you out in the day of judgment. And when we stand before God at last, we'll give an account of what we've done in this body. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. And that sin is going to find you out in the day of judgment. Of course, the best thing to do is to have our sins forgiven by Jesus' blood in this life and continue to walk in the light as He is in the light, according to 1 John 1 and 7. And that blood will continually cleanse you every day and to live in the Christian life. And then when you stand before God on the day of judgment, there's not going to be any sin to be reckoned with because God has forgiven your sin. Even the daily sins you commit as a child of God. You say, well, Brother Lambert, I, my, my sins need to be forgiven. Well, I would urge you to take care of that. And if you would accept Jesus Christ as being the Son of God, that is, you believe on Him. John 8, 24. And if you would be willing to repent of all of your past sins, Acts, uh, 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 Acts, uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And if you would confess that you believe Jesus is Christ, Acts 8, 37. If you would be baptized as a penitent believer in Jesus Christ, then your sins can be forgiven. All of the sins of your past can be forgiven. But they're going to find you out. If they're not forgiven, they'll find you out in the judgment. And your sin will find you out in eternity. Friends, there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. And we need to know something about our enemy. And sin is not your friend. Sin is your enemy. And it always carries a price. Well, there's something else you need to know about sin, and we find it in this chapter. And sin always will draw you away or pull you away from things that belong to you. I want you to notice, for instance, in verse 15 in the beginning. Drink waters out of thine own cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad in rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own. 
and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountains be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. You see back in verse 15 when he talks about drinking water out of your own cistern. If you put it in the context here, he's talking about being faithful to your wife. But sin has a way of drawing you away from your companion. Sin has this way of causing a man or even causing a woman to become unfaithful to their companion. You say, well, why would they do that? Well, I can't answer all of the reasons that people might might become unfaithful to their companion, or as we sometimes say, they, they cheat on their companion. But the bottom line is they do it because sin. Sin. They have been allured by sin. It draws you away from what belongs to you. But, but in a broader sense of the word, it draws you away from God. Sin, sin has a, a certain power that, that can draw an individual away from Jesus Christ. Sin can draw you away from, it can draw you away from the Bible. Sin can draw you away from the church. Sin can draw you away from everything that is good. Sin can draw you away from everything that is high and everything that is holy. And we need to know that about sin. We need to be, see these warning signs and we can avoid it by knowing what sin can do to us. But something else that, that we need to know about sin and this is found in verse number 21. There's not a single place on this earth that you can ever go that would be private enough or secret enough to hide your sin. L listen to verse 21. For the ways of man are before the eyes of, his, of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. I want you to know there's not a place that, that is so private, so secret, that you can hide it from God. You may hide it from your companion. You, you may hide it from your parents. You, you may hide it from the church. You may hide it from your work uh, associates at work. You, you may hide it from your schoolmates. But you don't hide it from God. Oh, no. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13 says that, that all things are naked before the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. You see, even the secret sins of our lives are open before the countenance of God. Proverbs 15 and 3 says, The eyes of the Lord in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Now Jonah learned that lesson the hard way, didn't he? You remember the book of Jonah, that Jonah was commissioned to go down to, to, to Nineveh and to preach to Nineveh? But in that very first chapter of Jonah, we're told that Jonah arose to flee from the presence of the Lord. 
So what did he do? Well, he went down and he paid the price to ride on the ship that was bound for Joppa and he went down into the ship and eventually they threw him overboard and he went down into the belly of the whale and down into the depths of the sea. You see, there's no place that a person can hide from God. He, he couldn't go far enough away from God. He could get on another ship. I remember years ago that I, that I preached a series of sermons out of the book of Jonah and one of them I entitled Setting Sail on Satan's Ship. You know, I, I, I thought that was a pretty good sermon. I don't know that it was a good sermon, but the title is true that he set sail on the devil's ship, but he didn't hide from God. And there have been other people who have thought that they, that they could hide their activities from God. In the book of Job, we're told that there is no darkness, no shadow of death, where, where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. It's not uncommon to learn of some individual in high places who has been unfaithful to to their companion and then it becomes revealed and then it becomes news. It's in the papers, it's on the television, all of the talk shows. They thought they had it concealed. But all the long before the news media knew anything about it, before their companion knew anything about it, God knew about it. That, that's something we need to know about sin. And something else that we need to know about sin is the end result of it. And that's where we come to the two verses that we started with in the very beginning, verse 22 and 23. His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. There are two things I want you to notice here. His own iniquities shall take the wicked. That really means he's been overtaken by his sin. As I was preparing this lesson, I thought of a passage in the book of Galatians. In the sixth chapter, verse 1, if a man be overtaken in a fault, those who are spiritual should restore that person in the spirit of meekness. We, we, sin can overtake us. Well, maybe we didn't intend for it to happen. But it happened. And so people can be overtaken by sin. And when you're taken by sin, it's like being caught in a trap. It's like being ensnared by some kind of a, of a cage that's been set for, for to trap some animal. You're just caught. You're caught. And when you're caught, you can do one of two things. You can repent and do the very best that you can to get right with God and to get right with others that you have hurt and injured. Or you can just go right on in your way and eventually pay an eternal price for your sin. See, he talks about the cords of sin. Notice again, he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. Now, we're not talking about an officer putting handcuffs on you. We're, we're talking about the devil, as it were, just wrapping 
the cords around you and around you and around you and around you until he has you and you can't get loose from him. And you become the servant of one who does not love you. He, he, you become the servant of one that would, would, would cause your soul to be low. You become enslaved. You become the slave of Satan. And Jesus Christ said in John the 8th chapter, He that committeth sin is the servant of sin. But He also said on a good note that the Son can set you free. And if, you're, if He sets you free, you're free indeed. And Jesus can set you free from sin. You have to believe on Him. You have to repent of your sins. You, you have to confess you believe on Him. You have to be baptized if you, if you want that, those sins to be forgiven. And, and, and it's not because Brother Lambert says so. It's because Jesus says so. In, in John the third chapter, in verse 5, for example, Jesus told Nicodemus, Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. In, in Galatians 3.27, Paul said, uh, that, whoso, that, that when we are baptized into Christ, that we put on Christ. And Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You see, you can do something about your sin. You can cast off those cords of sin. You can now become the servant and, and the voluntary servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. But sin enslaves. Some people are enslaved and I'm, I'm trying to think of the better word to use. They're just enslaved to laziness. And as a result of their being so slothful, they're going to pay a price. And some are enslaved by pride. And because they are so prideful, they're going to eventually pay a price. Yes, sin... Sin has its cords. And, and sin can make a slave out of you. And the end result is destruction. But I'd urge you to come to Christ today because He died to do something about sin in our lives. Hebrews 2 and 9 tells us that He tasted death for every man he tasted death for my sins and for your sins, for the sins of the whole world. And He can forgive you. It'll take His blood to forgive you. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. And to benefit from that blood, we have to do what Jesus tells us to do. As a believer in Him and as a penitent believer in Him, as a confessing penitent believer in Christ. We are to be baptized into Christ. And when we're baptized into Christ, we arise to walk in the newness of life, Romans 6, 3 and 4. He adds us to the family of God, which is the church. Now we're free from sin. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Give me the Bible, holy message shining, thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, my love and mighty, till I shall pass.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible Correspondence Course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. This is a free call. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.